This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in a mate? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside the one, the only, the great Brock Davis. Brock, how you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? I am not doing too bad. Hanging in there. Woke up a little bit late to get this podcast rolling, unfortunately. I know we want to get it going maybe a little bit earlier, so I apologize for that right off the bat, but we are doing good. And guys, we have a pretty fun show planned for you today. But first, before anything, if you guys could, if you like what we're doing, go on to Apple Music and give us a five-star review. Only if you like what we're doing. Please, guys, it it means a lot to us. Uh, And if you want to join the show, like we have our first installment of Bring a Fan On. I don't know what we're going to name it yet. If you want to come on the show and talk with myself and Brock. I know Brock wasn't in this first one. But if you'd like to, please shoot me or even Brock a direct message. Brock, where can they find you on Twitter? We'll plug you early. B-D-R-O-X-A. Yeah, go give Brock a follow. Go send him a DM if you want to join us and talk a little Angels baseball. So, guys, without any further ado, not a whole lot of news since the last time we all talked, but we did have a little bit. The Rule 5 draft happened, and Brock, I know we kind of talked off the record a little bit with this, and I know you don't know too much about the Rule 5 draft, but it was kind of interesting. The Angels lost kind of a big piece, the first pick in the Rule 5 draft from the Pirates. Jose Soriano, he hasn't necessarily come back from Tommy John like we've really wanted him to. He's not to that mid to high 90s yet. He's sitting more in the low 90s. And they also lost Garrett Williams to the Cardinals, who he was that extra, that final piece in the Will Wilson, Zach Cozart to the Giants trade, so the Angels also lost him. But I have a, I have a, actually I have an interesting hypothesis for you, Brock, on the Jose Soriano deal. Um, let's get to who the Angels selected, though. With the actual major league portion, they selected Jose Alberto Rivera out of the Houston Astros. He's super interesting. Uh, there have been reports of him throwing up to 102 miles an hour. He is a possible swingman with a slider and changeup. So 
hard thrower. He might be in the pen. I think, I mean, just right off the bat, coming out of the pen makes a lot of sense because that just technically fills another hole. And if you could have Gerardo Reyes and uh, Jose Rivera doing their thing, throwing Ched, kind of interesting coming out of the pen because both those guys throw really hard. In the minor league portion, they took a SoCal guy out of Lakewood High School, Brandon Davis. He is a shortstop third baseman, according to Fangraphs. I think he's more of a shortstop. But the bat's a little bit light, plays good defense, is quick. It'll be interesting to see if anything happens there. And then also Gustavo Comparo, I believe is how you say his name. He hasn't been above rookie ball. They got him from the Yankees, another kind of interesting kid. I guess he's not really a kid anymore. He's 23 years old. So it's it's interesting, to say the least. It definitely is. But back onto the Jose Soriano, and I kind of have a hypothesis to this. I think the Angels might circle back around to this, and I think that Jose Soriano ultimately might come back to the Angels, just my hypothesis, in some type of trade for Joe Musgroves or something along the lines of that. So I think this might have been one of those things like, hey, can you guys protect Jose Soriano for us? And down the road, we're going to talk about a Joe Musgroves type of trade, and we might include something a little bit more, but at the end of the day, we'd like to get Jose Soriano back. I don't know, do you have any, does that make sense at all to you, Brock? Yeah, no, I could I could, I could, see how that, I see what you're coming across there, that, uh, you know, it opens up that door for opportunity to maybe get him back and include Musgrove in that, in that deal. I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, and it's happened, I don't, I, I, do you watch the NHL at all, Brock? Uh, not very often, no. Okay, I, I just have, so when they had the expansion draft for Las Vegas, the Ducks kind of did this as well, where they sent over one of their defensemen, Shea Theodore, to the Vegas Knights, so they would pick a certain player. I think, I feel like this has that type of feel, and I, I don't know, I'd love to get some people's opinion on this, because I haven't even brought this up really with anybody, and it could be a really far stretch, but that's my thought on this, is I think the Angels may circle around and make some type of Joe Musgrove move that looks a little bit weird, but at the end of the day, the, the Pirates say, you know what, we're not going to want Jose Soriano, here's him back, kind of an under-the-table type of thing. That's that's just yeah, my... I feel like Joe Musgrove and a player to be named later, and that player to be named later will be Soriano. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, that's my, that was one of the first things that popped in my head when this, dra- when he got drafted was, I wonder if they could possibly make this, make a move and get Soriano back under the table. I don't know. I, I, it's kind of far and far-fetched, and I, I just wanted to get your thought on that to see if it might even be possible. Yeah, I, I could see something like that happening. I mean, I'm not I'm not diehard into the whole Musgrove idea. I think there's better options out there, but he's definitely somebody that um, definitely an option that we should keep open. Sure. Yeah, yes, I, I totally agree. And then Taylor Blake Ward said this about this, um, the Rule 5 draft. Players must be on the active roster for 90 days. So in the Angels' case... Jose Rivera must be on the Angels' active roster during the major, during the season for 90 days or else they have to send him back to the Astros. The same goes for Jose Soriano and the in 90 days. So that's just kind of a little tidbit on the Rule 5 draft. So, guys, on to our next order of business. And the Angels and Reds kind of finished up their trade that they had. 
The Angels sent Luis Rivas, a smaller, you know, a little bit of power infielder who hasn't played above high A. Good speed, pretty good defense, and he is what he is. He's a good player all around. May not make it to the majors in general. They got back $900,000. That was the cash consideration, which brings down the amounts that they'll have to pay to Rysel Rysel Iglesias to about, I think it was $800,000 instead of the, or $8 million instead of the $9 million. So, Brock, does that change? 8.041. Exactly, yeah. Yep. So, does that change your thought on this trade at all? Uh, No, it doesn't. I mean, obviously, that's going to. That's going to depend on whether or not he produces what we think he's going to. Obviously, I don't want to be paying $8 million to a closer. That's going to be blowing a bunch of saves. But I think any money, I don't think $9 million is even a lot to pay for, for a solid closer. And now that we almost got another million taken off, it makes, it makes the deal a little bit sweeter. So hopefully, as long as he contributes what we think he will, which he consistently has for the last few seasons, then then I think it's still still a solid deal for sure. Yeah, I I agree with that. And what do you think about extending Iglesias? Just yeah, I mean, I'm going to probably have to wait until we see what he does. But uh, if you were to ask me today, extend him a year or two, I would do it. All right. Uh, yeah, that's that's just another thought that, you know, a lot of money comes off the books in 2022. Albert Pujols in particular, they lose Dylan Bundy, Andrew Heaney, I believe, as well. So just a thought you know, to keep the wheels rolling here with that. I, I, I like the idea of possibly extending him. But then again, we've talked about this before, and the bullpen can be very volatile, and Iglesias may not be who he was with the Reds. I I don't know. It's it's kind of going to be an interesting situation, and we're going to have to wait and see, like, like Brock said. So, guys, we've been doing a kind of a position-by-position position rundown of what we think the Angels kind of need to do this offseason. And we, if you missed it, we did starting pitching and relievers, last two podcasts. And we are now on to catchers. And some news came out right before we started doing this podcast that James McCann, who the Angels are interested in, looks like he's going to sign with the Mets for four years and $40 million. That's $10 million a year if you're not doing the math correctly. Brock, what do you have to say about this? What do you think? I've heard multiple different things about how this went down and why it went down the way it did. Um, I, I heard that the Angels were fake interested to try to drive up the price for, for the Mets, which, I mean, I could see this, the strategy behind that, but in reality it's not really going to make a difference in whether they're going to be able to sign Bauer or not. I think even after the $10 million, the Mets are still going to have around 35 to $40 million of uh, luxury tax base before they hit the threshold. So I don't really think it's going to make a difference in that aspect. Um, I like the Angels still. What, what I have liked so far about it seems like almost every big player so far that, that we should be interested in or should even leave open as an option, our name has come across the table uh, with all media and news reporters. So I like that aspect of it, that, that everyone is aware that we're, we're in it and we're going to be talking to everybody that we can to try to better our team, which is going to make the competition you know, tougher for all the other teams for free agency too. As far as um, him specifically, I, I don't really – I wouldn't have liked the signing of him personally. I don't really want to sign a big catcher. Uh, according to Fangraphs, Stassi is the number six projected catcher as far as war goes at one point – or sorry, 2.4, and he's only playing – he's only projected to play 100 games. So even when you compare him to, say, a real Muto – 
Romuto's projected to pay, play 152 games, so 52 games more than Stassi and put up a four war, so only a 1.6 uh, of a gap. We're paying Stassi $2 million a year next year, and when you think of what, you know, if for whatever reason we our name started getting thrown around for Romuto now that um, I'm blanking on his name, James McCann signed, <laughs> um, then... You know, I hope that that isn't the case. I hope that, you know, our focus still stays on pitching and supposedly Kyle Schwarber. And, you know, we, we stay with what we, we do. And, you know, we had talked about it off the record that I really like the thought of bringing, Je- bringing back Jason Castro um, <clears throat> because, you know, you have the lefty bat, you have the righty bat with Stassi. We had talked about Stassi not possibly being ready for opening day, and if that's the case, then Castro can fill that gap until Stassi could come back. And then when Stassi comes back, if he isn't back already, then you can kind of platoon those guys like we were before. Uh, it looked like we had kind of started to see a little streak of power from Castro um, last season that I liked his, I liked the at-bats he was having. I thought he was a good addition to the bottom of our lineup. And uh, Stassi's really good defensively. And so I I honestly don't, you know, the only free agent that is projected higher than Stassi per fan graphs is Romuto, and I just don't, I don't really know what his deal would look like. I don't know what Spotrack hasn't projected out or what people are talking about, but it's going to be more than $10 million, and I wasn't even really going to be wanting to sign McCann for the $10 million a year. Um, so, I mean, the only other catcher I've heard our name thrown around with is Yachty, and Yachty or Molina, for those who don't know who Yachty is. Um, <laughs> Hopefully you do if you're listening to this show. <laughs> and Yachty's projected for 1.4 war with 120 games played. Um, obviously the games played in the war is going to be switched around with him if we take him because the, he's probably going to be splitting playing time. Um, and I don't know. I just I, I kind of like where we're sitting at catcher-wise. I really like Stassi. Um, the only thing, and we have Ben Boom. That's who they have projected as our second catcher right now is Ben Boom. Uh, but I would, I would really like Bringing back Castro, he would be a lot cheaper than bringing a Biotti or a Romuto to Anaheim and produce probably more or about the same and for a lot less money and still be able to leave that financial flexibility for a pen arm or two pen arms and a ace. So. Yeah, you know, I, I like Stassi. I think that's kind of been out there for a while. Onto the Yachty point, I I would love to see if see Yachty come. I think that's a feel good kind of story having Yachty and Pujols play again in possibly their last year. I don't think Yachty would want to come to Anaheim and just play his last year, but hey, you never know. And is he worth that twelve million? Probably not. But then again, it's Yachty or Molina, probably a future Hall of Famer, and he has connections here, Jose and Benji. So Yachty makes some sense if they can get him relatively cheaper than what Fangraphs projects, which is one for twelve million. You know, but I, I don't I don't know. I kind of separate these the free agent catchers. JT Real Mudo is in another class up on the moon somewhere because he's the best catcher in baseball. Then you go Yachty, Wilson Ramos, and Mike Zanino, James McCann as well, and probably Tyler Flowers in that mix, kind of that middle tier of guys who are going to get paid around the $10 million range like we saw James McCann get today from the Mets as long as that's going to actually happen. And then he kind of drops off a little bit. I mean, Jason Castro makes a lot of sense, a lefty bat to combine with Max Stassi. I mean, why not bring him back? 
Alex Avila is another lefty bat. Kirk Casale's name that is a name that was thrown out there to me by a fan that I really like, and you know it's gotten a lot of interesting marks from Russell Martin is another interesting name. Kurt Suzuki, Rene Rivera was an angel. Sandy Leone. I mean, the list kind of goes on. Heck, bring back Jonathan Lucroy if you want. You know, good defensive catchers. He could probably get him on a minor league deal. Um, Caleb Joseph, Matt Wieters. Even, dare I say, Jeff Mathis might be kind of fun to bring back as well as a 39-year-old catcher to, to play 50 games a year with Stassi. But the key thing here is if Stassi's healthy. Because, like you said, I like Stassi. I'm cool with Stassi and Ben Boom. But there's going to be injuries along the way, too. And I, I would prefer to have a decent backup, which the Angels will end up getting on some minor league deal. For sure, that's going to be in AAA. Because you know Stassi hasn't been the most healthy of guys, but when he is healthy, he's shown that he is a good defensive catcher. He can definitely hit a little bit too, which is kind of actually a surprise to me. I didn't think he was going to be able to hit like he did last year. And yeah, altogether, I mean, I think the Angels do need a catcher. Do I think it needs to be someone in that middle, a top tier, JT Real Mudo, Yachty? Probably not. But I mean, going and getting a guy like Jason Castro or Alex Avila, Kirk Casale. I could totally see that happening and see them doing that because I think that's one of the most important positions on the field for sure. See, I feel like Yachty, they have a projector for 14 homers and, and and 50 runs and I lost to 55 RBIs. I don't know, man. I, I really like Yachty, but when we're talking about the financial um, situation that we're in this, this offseason with a lot of moves to make and a lot of holes to fill, I feel like, you know, in this situation, Yachty's kind of like an iPhone. Like, you're going to overpay for for mm-hmm. not as the quality that you're really trying to achieve. And I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I, 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 would, I like the story aspect of it for sure. Like you said, the connection with his brothers and playing with Pujols again. But I don't know. I just I, – I, I hope Stassi can stay healthy, and I just kind of – that's what I'm kind of leaning on. But would I be super upset if we brought Yachty on? No, I wouldn't. But do I think it's going to be a little bit too much money? Yeah, I do. I think maybe like a Zunino would be a comparable option to Yachty if we're going to bring another right-hand bat. Zunino has power and probably pay him maybe closer to 6 to 8 rather than 12. So I don't know. I, I just think we can get the comparable options for, for a lot cheaper. No, I totally, totally agree with you. Like I said, I love the, the Yachty story would be super cool and everything, but baseball – isn't going to be about stories. You know, isn't about stories. Yeah, we're, I mean, pay, we're paying for a ring. Exactly. I, I want to win. I want to win a ring. That's that's for sure. And yeah, there's there's a lot of options. I'll say that. I mean, if you listen to a podcast before, Nate Green brought up Austin Barnes from the Dodgers, and the Dodgers have a surplus of catchers. So why not maybe go try to pilge from their plunder? You know, like why they have some, they have a lot of interesting guys. I mean, we could probably go team by team and find a catcher that we'd want to trade for. You know, around around the league for sure. So I, I without looking at well, going away, going away from the Angels for a second. Where do you think Romuto is going to sign? He could sign in Anaheim. I mean, that's a total already move. Like, all right, you know, we didn't get we get went and traded for a pitcher. Let's go get JT Romuto because he's an expensive bat. I mean, the Mets make sense. I mean, the Phillies got Dombrowski, so the Phillies go back to the Phillies makes sense. Well, I hope the Mets don't make sense anymore. No, you don't. The Mets, actually, yeah, you're right. The Mets don't make sense. Wow. I See, look at this. We're already we're, we're already beyond the James McCann thing. Yeah, so the Mets don't make sense anymore. I'm like, the, dang, dude, they're going to sign two? All right. The Yankees, maybe? The Cubs, if they, I mean. What about the Nats? The Nationals, yeah. I mean, 
I don't know where. Like, he, I think he wants to stay on the East Coast because he's always he's been on the East Coast. That, that makes sense. But at the same time, I mean, I don't. Who do the Who do the Blue Jays have as their catcher? They have a couple of young younger guys, I believe. On Blue the, Jays might make sense. Jays, yeah. Uh, oh man, I honestly, off the top of my head, I, I it, there's, I mean, the Padres maybe. Padres kind of makes some sense if you want to go get that. They need pitching though, so. Yeah, I, I don't. Looking at the the Blue Jays got 109 million to spend if they wanted to, and you know they're they got the young guys over there. They mm-hmm. they've been in the talks for signing Bauer. Like, dude, could you imagine the splash that the Blue Jays can make if they sign Bauer and Romuto? I mean, they become an instant favorite in the in L what East? That's for sure. Like they they're competing with the Yankees, and especially with that lineup. I know we're kind of off topic talking about other teams right now, but the Blue Jays are really fun. Like they're young and fun, and their infield's fun, and you know they're gonna have some. They have some fun pitching. I mean, it's the Blue Jays are a really fun team. I, I'm intrigued by them. I really am. The only part that would worry me about it is that they if they went out and made some some big contract deals, then when all those guys are eligible for actual deals like Bichette, Biggio, Guerrero, those guys are probably gonna get big money, and I don't know if that would allow them to to have that financial flexibility if they go and sign a big Romuto and Bauer deal. You yeah, know? yeah, no, that always that always tends to be the challenge. I mean, you look anywhere, even with, I'm trying to think of a young team. The, the Cubs are a perfect example, how the Cubs were when they won the World Series. They had a whole bunch of yeah. young, good talent, but, I mean, you couldn't keep it all. You know, they went and made, mm-hmm. a, they went and signed pitching, and now they're probably not going to be able to keep Chris Bryant, which is a fun name as well. I hope he comes back home. <laughs> not here, but so I hope he, he can circle back a little bit because I know we had already talked about it but this was something that I saw I think I think your friend Brent Brett posted something on Twitter about it but um, it was just 2021 starting pitching projections and it had you Darvish at number one and I had seen a couple articles that had talked about the Cubs shopping Darvish so I thought that was that was a little bit interesting of, of I, I, I was just gonna say I wanted to get your take on it but I would still rather get Bauer over Darvish just due to age. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking trade market, I mean, my sole purpose on the trade market is to go get Herman Marquez. That's like that's me. Like if I was if I was working the for the Angels as the GM, I would be talking to the Rockies every day trying to figure out a trade for Herman Marquez. And you might be able to steal him from the Rockies. I, I don't know, but I mean, Marquez is going to be a stud when it comes to Darvish. The car the contract is interesting. I had a, somebody bring it up to me. If you could send over Upton to the Cubs, and I don't think you can, but I think that you can find a way to trade for you, Darvish. That's for sure. Um, that would be pretty dope. Yeah. No, definitely. And, I mean, Darvish or Snell or Musgrove or whoever you might be looking at trading for, because there's a lot of fun options out there right now as well. I don't... So I have a little bit of a hot take. I would, I would rather... If you put side by side, if you put trades, say we traded like two two prospects away for Snell, right? Not mm-hmm. like an Adele or a Marsh, but somebody maybe top thirty, two top thirty prospects, but not those two de- not those two names mm-hmm. for Snell, or trade Upton and a top thirty prospect for Darvish. I would take the Darvish deal. Yeah, I would, oh, definitely. I would. I would take that. I would, I would do both of those because I think they're going to cost more. But at the end of the day, because I think I think for Snell you're going to have to include Marsh or Canning or somebody along the lines of that, and I think. But I'm just saying hypothetically, yeah. I think getting 
Upton's deal off the table is almost more important. Yep. Oh, I, I would I, I would I would do that in heartbeat because that opens up quite a lot of options as well. And I think because how long Darvish was only signed for two more years, right? Yeah, it's not it's not very long. I don't think at all. So I yeah, I mean, and this was brought up to me. I mean, could you possibly do a Justin Upton for a older contract trade? Like David Price is the only guy I can think of. Is there anybody else that you can think of? That'd be like an older contract, like an old bad contract, but, you know, you could just trade Justin Upton for? I don't know about a old bad contract, but give me one second. I know a name that's popping in my head, but I'm not sure what his contract status is, so give me just a second here. And I, I, I bring this up with Chad. What about, a little bit what about Chris Sale? Chris Sale? Yeah, I, I could kind of see that. I think Sale's good, though. Like, I still think, I mean... That is an option. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I think mean, you could I, do I sale. Think we would have to throw in a couple other names. It yeah. It would be like a David Price situation, but for mm-hmm. sale, he's at 5 and 145 through 24 mm-hmm. and a 25 club option, and he can opt out after 22. Yeah. No, I that sale sale makes a little bit of sense just off the top of my head. I talked about this, this with Chad later on that was pre-recorded, and – I said David Price off the top of my head, but I don't think the Dodgers would take Justin Upton. That'd be the no, only guy. That's the no. only guy. That's the only guy that I could really think of off the top of my head. Like I couldn't think of anybody else. Way too much outfield depth for that. Yep. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I mean. Yeah. I mean, they've done weird I things. I think they're before. one of the only teams in baseball that I think would be the ultimate not take Justin Upton. To be honest. Well, I could see them taking Justin Upton and just being like, "All right, we're drop. We're letting you go." Like they have the balls to do that. Yeah, they just have they just have so much depth in that organization. I I just don't I literally don't see him fitting in anywhere. And yeah. we don't have Universal DH again next year, correct? Uh, I don't believe that's going to be the case. Yeah, so that's even less of a reason to be honest. But yeah. I, I I could see like a sale or or I mean maybe a price, but I, I just don't see us being able to get or get away give away Upton for for price. But I could see us getting price in a in a different formulated deal. Yeah, but I could see. The Red Sox have kind of been weird to me this this last couple seasons on the moves that they they're talking about making. They haven't done much. It's kind of been all talk, but I could see something being weird with a Chris Sale deal. Um, you know, obviously he had a pretty off year last year. He had threw a four four ERA in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. He didn't pitch at all in twenty twenty. Um, so you know, it's something something oddball that you know they're paying him a lot of money. They're talking about getting rid of. J.D. Martinez and all this other stuff. So, I don't know. That's something that could be an option. Yeah, sale makes sale makes total sense to me. I, I've been on that sale train for a while. I, I think the Angels should go and maybe try to trade for Chris Sale because that is an interesting piece, and that kind of is that top-of-the-line starter that you're looking for, for sure. So, Brock, any final thoughts here? I know we kind of just rambled on there for a second, but I kind of liked it. But any final thoughts with the Angels? Uh, none at the moment. I just am excited to see what the coming weeks have in store and see if we can finally have something that we actually expect happen. You know, last year we all, I don't know if we were expecting a Garrett Cole signing, but we sure as hell wanted it. And, uh, we got Rendon. And when all is said and done, I think that was better. Mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people might disagree with that, but like I talked in a couple episodes ago, I just those super long pitching contracts just scare me. And nine years is a very long time. And uh, 
I, I liked I liked the the Rendon deal a little bit better, and I think that it's going to help us with getting Bauer, and I think that we're going to get him for less years than we would have got Cole for. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited to see whether what we want and expect is actually going to happen for once. Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally in agreement with you there. I was never on that. Let's go sign Garrett Cole because I think that there's a lot there's a lot going on with that, and I wasn't I wasn't on that. Let's go spend three hundred million dollars on one pitcher because I don't think anybody's really worth that, and I think the Angels could have allocated it better. And just by getting Anthony Rendon, I think that was a good good starting point to allocating the money differently. So guys, stay tuned. Here we have our first installment of. Bring on a fan uh, up right now with Chad Smith. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the first ever installment of, I haven't even decided what I'm going to name, if I'm even going to name this anything, but just bring an Angels fan on and just let us talk a little bit of baseball for a couple minutes. Uh, I am here with Chad Smith today. Chad, how you doing? Uh, doing good, Jared. How are you? I'm not too bad. I know we were talking a little bit beforehand. You are from Memphis, right? Memphis, Tennessee. You are correct. Oh, that's awesome. So cool to see Angels fans from across the United States. And I, I've talked to Angels fans that live in Ireland and Australia and all that fun stuff. So, I mean, it's always cool to see that. Um, did you ever live in California? I didn't even ask that. Are you just? Like, I have not. I uh, I grew up. Uh, I, I moved around a little bit when I was a kid, but mostly been here in the South. Uh, so Memphis has been my home for. 40 plus years. Oh, awesome. I mean, how'd you become an Angels fan then? Like, just Angels all of a sudden? Uh, no. Um, you know, when your dad teaches you some lessons as a kid, um, I, I, I remember getting a Reggie Jackson bar when he was with the Yankees, and then uh, he moved, of course, he came to the Angels, mm-hmm. and my dad taught me a lesson about sports loyalty, so when you pick a team, you stay with that team. So to, to, to show him what I was, was about, I said, well, I'm sticking with the Angels, and uh, Reggie brought me there, and then Wally Joyner grabbed my heart as a you know seven eight year old guy, and all it's been all up up and down since then. Yes, you have been through the good and the bad. You kind of like my how my dad's been too. He's been through the good and the bad. So guys, before uh, I say any, anything else here, before we get going, if you guys want to do this, please just shoot me a DM. I'm more than happy to bring you guys on, like I'm bringing Chad on. We can talk baseball for a few minutes. I, I I'll have some questions to ask you, like I'm going to ask Chad. Um, hopefully I'm just going to switch it up every time, keep you guys on edge, kind of like how Derek likes to keep me on edge if you guys listen to this podcast. So before we get going any farther, Chad, I got three quick questions for you. And I think actually you've already answered the first one. How long have you been an Angels fan? Basically your whole life you've been an Angels fan. Let's just say 1982, so we'll take it from there. There we go. Perfect. I know. Have, have you ever been to the stadium? My next question. Yes, you yes, got Where is your preferred spot to sit in the stadium? I don't know if you've been there lately or anything, but where's your preferred spot? Uh, third baseline by the home uh, by the home dugout. There you go. Are you lower level, upper level, mid level? Lower level. Lower level. As close as you can get. Yes, as a guy who loved baseball and played baseball, I want to hear as much as I can hear. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's perfect. Right, when was the last time you went to a game out here? Uh, well, in. California. It was last year. Then okay. um, I also have seen them. Uh, I was at the pool hole series in St. Louis uh, oh, awesome. for all for all three of those games. Uh, I was in Wrigley, Solomon Wrigley. 
I've seen them in Tampa. I've seen them around the country. I've probably seen them more outside of California than I have in, in Anaheim. All right. Well, what's your favorite stadium then that you've seen them at? The Wrigley was something else just because it's Wrigley and, you know, it, the whole experience that goes with Wrigley and then seeing your favorite team there, that, that was that was something else. That's aw- that's so cool. I, I, I've seen them away. Let's see. I saw them in Tampa, which was really cool. I like seeing the dome and all that. That was the first time I've really been in like an indoor baseball stadium, which was really cool. And then I've seen – I've been to Fenway, and I've seen a game at Fenway, which is unbelievable. i got to get to Wrigley. That's on my list of things I've got to do. I was at the three-game Pujol series last year in St. Louis. Now, I'll go ahead and say this part now. I did not stand when Pujols uh, came to bat. I'm not a Pujols fan. Though <laughs> uh, so I did – I was the one out of the other 40,000 that did give a standing ovation to Mike Trout every time he came up, which did uh, get us some side-eye looks from the St. Louis fans. <laughs> but it, they were good-natured about it, and I, I understood uh, just – not a real Albert guy. Yeah. So. No, I, but it, it was cool to see. It was very cool to see. Yeah, I totally get that. And St. Louis fans are arguably some of the best in baseball, I'd have to imagine, besides, I mean, some other teams. But I've heard, even from what Albert said and to the media and all that, St. Louis fans seem to be pretty pretty dang, pretty dang up there when it comes to fans. They were very they, – they're knowledgeable. Uh, they didn't give me a hard time even when I talked about the greatness of Mike Trout. You know, we went back and forth. You know, <laughs> I they they gave me Edmonds stuff. I, you know, had to hear Kent Bottenfield jokes <laughs> and uh, things of that nature. But great fans. Uh, Wrigley fans were great. Uh, most fans are, are pretty good. Um, you know, you get a, a few jerks here and there. But I think baseball fans are just really, really cool and they want to, you know, they, they just want to chat it up with people, especially if you know the game. If you know the game, people are really great no matter where you go across the country. Exactly, and that's kind of why I wanted to start this up and start talking to, you know, just casual fans. Not anybody that, like, I almost ruin baseball sometimes with the way that I watch it. But just I, want to, I like talking to the casual fan that, you know, just loves baseball, and that is who you seem to be, which is super cool. So last question, all-time favorite angel, I guess you can have – a couple since you've watched so much Angels baseball. Do you have uh, maybe a couple that you like? Okay, Wally Joyner brought me in. Loved Wally World. Uh, Chuck Finley, mm-hmm. uh, vastly underrated. Uh, my guy, as I became, you know, kind of an adult, was Troy Glouse. I'll die on Troy Glouse Hill. And, uh, and, then, and then, of course, Trout. I mean, that Trout is the greatest thing I've, I mean, I've ever seen. <laughs> Maybe in baseball, you know, my dad and I could argue about Mickey Mantle and the guys I never saw. Uh, Trout's up there with Griffey and stuff like that. But in an Angel uniform, he's the best thing I've ever seen. Yes, he blows everything away. Um, I mean, for me, I loved, I was a Jared Washburn guy um, just because we had the same name. I wasn't even a lefty, but I loved Washburn. Uh, same goes with Gloss. That was the number I wore in Little League all the way up until – Vlad came and I got switched over to 27 and then I became a pitcher and 30 was it because I like Nolan Ryan. So me and you have, we do have a lot of similarities when it comes to those favorite players. I mean, Gloss was the man for sure. Um, yeah. so, so do you have any questions in general? I'm just going to throw that one out there. Well, for you, I want to know where you get these wonderful clips of the most abstract players in the Angels farm system. I was looking at some of your stuff today. <laughs> about some of these 18-year-olds, and you were showing his change-up and his fastball. I must have watched it 10 times. And I, Where do you get these wonderful clips? It is a lot of 
pers- I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of obsessing over it at the moment. I, I love the minor leagues. That's what I love to do. If, if I had to be a scout, I would totally do that in a heartbeat. And that's what I'd like to do in my, at my college, too. I love going off and trying to find recruits for us. That is some of the coolest stuff. I honestly will go and try to find them on Instagram and see if they post anything because young kids like that in general, like my brother's 14 and he loves to post videos of himself. I'll just go on and see if they have anything on their on their Instagrams or sometimes, you know, uh, there's some guys from Baseball America, um, Ben Badler, just to name one guy off. He'll find a way to get to the Dominican Summer League and take videos and we'll, I'll be able to find him from him and, you know, give him credit. But a lot of times, Honestly, it's just kind of luck going through and seeing if maybe one of the players that I think I might know might, you know, have an Instagram and see if they post anything. Because a lot of times they do, you know, they like to, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say be extravagant about stuff, but they do like to post their stuff and show their fans what they have. Because that's something that not a lot of guys down, it's a different culture down there. I mean, as you probably know, watching many players, when you see those guys from the islands come up here, they play a different style of baseball and it's super cool to see that. And that's also something that I'm intrigued in. So when it comes to those videos, I I'll go on and just kind of see if I can find their Instagram and see if they have any videos just to give you everybody a little kind of sight into what I like to do. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, definitely. So uh, anything else, any other questions on that behalf? No, man, no. that was that was. I was looking at your stuff today, and it was just. I, I must have. I probably spent way too much time on it looking, but it was. It puts more guys in my my repertoire of guys to know. Exactly. If I can, that's also. I, I love to show you know just the fans, Angels fans in general, what they have to look forward to. So I have one final question for you because I know that it's kind of late, getting a little bit late back there for you, and I'm sure you want to go to bed. You work today. If you were the Angels GM. Or and owner, so you have in, endless amount of money, whatever you want to do this year. How would you finish this team off? All right. Well, I, you know, I, I'll say it first. I do love Trevor Bauer. I, I, I like the guy. I like what he's brought to the game. I, I, I love watching how the, he's used the engineering mind to, to make pitchers better. Um, and I and I watch him, and I just think, man, if I could put him next to Griffin Canning, it'd be so wonderful because I think their windups are similar and UCLA guys. But I just don't know if we got the money. If we get him, I don't know if I can build a full team. So I kind of and I'll and I'll kind of build off something you put out there today. You kind of had a either or thing, and and you had some of my guys on your on your option two. So I think what I'd do is I'd go get Jake Odorizzi. And I, I like Quintana because two guys that throw innings. And if there's one thing that we've been snake bit about in the last 10 years, it seems like we always get a guy and they don't give us innings. And I, I want to give Joe uh, six guys that that can throw. And I'm not really going to – I don't know how much I'm going to really back Otani giving us a lot this year. If he does, great. If he doesn't, Joe's got guys. Um, so I probably would go there. Um, I have a little, I've always had a little side affection for Taiwan Walker. So maybe, uh, maybe if I could sneak him in there, I like Taiwan Walker. Uh, if not, um, I know, I know Trouty loves him. I wouldn't mind bringing Garrett Richards home, especially since he worked in the pen a little bit last year. You know, um, if he couldn't be a starter for so he could be your long guy. Um, then I'd build out the bullpen, um, 
you know, we, it looks like we got a good bullpen. I'd like to see how much maybe Kirby Yates would cost. If he costs a little too much, I know Perry Delt uh, was down there in Atlanta last year. Maybe somebody like Shane Green uh, throws hard. Perry would know a lot about him. And then uh, Kirk Caselli, I really kind of like that deal with, with being a catcher. Um, I still need a, a left-handing outfielder. Uh, I know everybody says Jock Peterson. Um, I, I, I think it might cost too much, and it looks like – the way Perry's building the team, he kind of looks like guys that want to put contact on, and Jock kind of seems like an all-or-nothing guy. Uh, so maybe Grossman um, might be a better fit there to give us a little bit of time. Though I'm really high on Brandon Marsh. I really, really like that guy. Uh, I think he might be the guy that becomes our next superstar. And then um, I'll throw a wild card at you. I mean, you might know more about this than I do. Um, totally minor league, throw it out there. Mike Fultonevich throws hard. Atlanta, he used to be something. Maybe he's our lottery ticket. So um, that would be the way I built the team. And then um, off the last podcast, one other thing that I would I'll agree with, uh, if I was uh, Artie's right-hand guy, I got to bring blue back into our uniform somehow. The all red, let's get the blue back in there for us longtime fans. But that's what I would do. I love I love all that. I mean, it's it's a lot of – you know, kind of what I've been preaching, and it, I, I like it. The jerseys, for sure. I'll say that right now. Fulte is a guy, for sure, that I would have definitely thought about. The velocity didn't necessarily come back, but I'm all for taking a chance on Fulte, Fultonavich. I think that he could be, you know, and he's been into Atlanta as well. Uh, if he's, you know, comes if he comes back to what he was, I totally could see Fulte being a really good um piece whether it's a starter or a reliever I mean exactly. I think that that's and a minor league deal for him to me wouldn't and again Perry would know better than all of us because he, he was with him last year I mean you, you have other lottery tickets out there like Corey Kluber but you know somebody's going to overpay for him mm-hmm. on a lottery ticket Chris Archer another guy I, I really really like Chris Archer but he's coming back from the thoracic syndrome and I don't know and it just seems like if they come to if they come to Anaheim, it doesn't work out. If they go to another place, they're always healthy. I, I don't know what that is. Uh, I wish we could take that hex off. There's a lot of guys out there. I'm just like, yeah, I like that guy. I like that guy. Uh, but man, I, I really I, I know Joe can do it. I really really enjoy enjoy Joe. I loved reading the Gammons article today about how uh, Perry wants to bring the old guys back from the 2000s. And uh, get them more back around the team. I love those early 2000s team. Maybe maybe Joe will zig. And while everybody's zagging, everybody does the three true outcomes. Maybe Joe's going to say, you know what, we'll go opposite everybody. And we'll play hit and run and steal bases and play fun baseball again. I mean, I'd be, I'd be all for it. Uh, be the people that zig when everybody else zags. Yeah, no, and that's something that I, it's been brought up a couple times too is Maybe maybe this is what kind of Artie is looking for is to go kind of old school in a sense now. You know, he brought in Manassian, who is that kind of, in a sense, an old school guy. Madden, he's been with the Angels. That was kind of some of the first stuff that he was saying in his press conference uh, last year was, I'm not necessarily an analytics guy, but I'm not going to be completely old school. I mean, if you can find that happy medium, that's that's pretty cool too. But yeah, bringing in a lot of the old school guys, you know, is is always a real fun thing to do. I know, like I go to spring training, we see pictures from spring training and seeing Vlad there and Bobby Grich and 
uh, Bobby Knopp's been there. And, I mean, there's been so many guys that, that show up. DeSensei, you know, there's there's so many guys that still show up. Langston's on the field. And like you were saying, that article today, you know, Langston, I think Gubaza's going to be around a little bit. And Tim Salmon's going to be around the front office a little bit, yep. too. So it's yeah, there's a lot of good. I think they kind of went away from that too. You kind of it's kind of cool that you bring that up. They really went away from that for for a while. I feel like really bringing in those old school. They're not necessarily old school guys, but bringing in that winning mentality, which is what they had in the early thousands. I mean, they were one of the best organizations in the early or early to mid, actually early to late thousands. I mean, they almost didn't you know, not make the playoffs every single year from that, yeah, from that time. Yeah, 2009, we were, we were unstoppable. I mean, and they were fun teams. I mean, exactly. I mean they, they, they played baseball differently. For, all you heard was social plays and NL type of baseball in the AL, but it was fun. Exactly. You know, and this is, this is why I wanted to start this whole, this little thing between fans and this podcast was because it, it just opens up so many different cool opportunities and cool things that can be talked about like this right here. I mean, why not bring in some of the old, like, it would be cool to see, you know, them bring almost that whole 2002 team back in at spring training and have them work with some of the guys. I mean, I know, you know, Pujols is there and there's a whole bunch, there's some older guys that are still there, but there's also a lot of younger guys that need to learn that winning mentality. And if you look in the minors have never really won. It's it's kind of weird that the, my Angels minor leagues just don't win either. I mean, I I brought that up before to some people as well, and it's like, yeah, it's kind of weird that the Angels minor league system just doesn't win at all. Like last time they've been in the playoffs was like AAA made it to the playoffs in 2018, and before that it was like 2016, 2014. So bringing in that winning atmosphere is kind of a really interesting hypothesis to see what would possibly happen. And I know we had a screwed up season last year, but having Joe Madden have bring in those antics that we saw with Chicago and Tampa is, would be really cool as well. I mean, seeing guys dress up, seeing some fun stuff go on in the clubhouse, I think that would really lighten things up and bring the best out of a lot of guys. And, and the people that have been around the Angels organization for a long time know Joe's been there. I mean, Joe's goes back further than I do. Uh, but Joe remembers like in the early 90s when Whitey Herzog was the GM and you know, he went out and got a Von Hayes and a Hubie Brooks, but those were just place keepers. But, you know, he was holding the fort for when the young guys came up, but he, those guys learned how to win under those old guys. And then that night, I know 95 is a bad thing for all of us, but that, that team was fun. Uh, and that's one thing, you know, again, I didn't get to go out and see them in, in person last year, but last year's team just – you watch like somebody like the Braves, and they were you know high fiving and having fun and all sorts of stuff. And the Angels just looked like a, a veteran team that was just kind of like going through the motions sometimes. I mean, Trout has fun. Uh, Rendon's kind of stoic. Albert's stoic. Um, we all love David Fletcher, but it just it never looked like. And again, they're they're not a young team like that. But I just want to see them having fun again and like you know doing crazy stuff when they get a base hit or, you know, stealing bags and making, making stupid plays and stuff like that and high-fiving. Like, that t- those are the kind of teams that win over the long run. Yeah, keeping getting that momentum, keeping that momentum. It's almost like a – I mean, I played college not too long ago, and I still coach college, and it's almost like a college atmosphere in a sense. And everybody yep. is, you know, working towards that one thing, which is – you know, trying to win that championship. Not saying that the Angels weren't, but yeah, it did look like having fun was missing a lot. 
and that's what it felt like. I mean, like we said, 2020 was, a, you know, an interesting, different season. And, you know, minds might have been in different places and such like that. But you still have to have fun. You're still playing a kid's game. You still have to do all that stuff. You still have to play the game. So, I, yeah, I mean, you bring up a whole lot of interesting points. And I, I've thought about those so many times, you know, like, what if this team had a little bit more fun? I think I even, I probably mentioned it a lot, too. Like, this team's lacking having any fun at all, which is what I think that that was missing last year. Because that team, on paper, is not as bad as they were. They could have, they yeah. should have made the playoffs, for sure. Yep. So. And we can't keep we can't keep digging ourselves a hole those first two weeks of every season. Exactly. Get off to a hot start. Not every season. I mean, we can't compare every season to 2002 because that's an anomaly. You know, you're not going to run yourself back like that and win 99 games after you're, you know, have a 300 win percentage, whatever it was, after the first 25 games. That's not going to happen. It's unrealistic to happen. So a hot start this year would be a very, very good thing. So... Chad, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on. I know we went almost kind of a little bit longer than I was anticipating, but it, I really enjoyed talking to you. I love talking to, I'm not going to call you an older fan, but the older generation in a sense of Angels fans because you have so much. Like I, I've only been watching Angels baseball since 2008, like hardcore. And before that, it's kind of like I wish I would have been able to watch the Angels win the World Series like I do now because it, it's I would – I would cry. I'm not going to lie. Like there's so many different things that I would do if they, if they did that. And I, I missed out on that cause I was too young. So hearing all the fun stuff that, you know, the older fans have to say is super cool and hearing all those fun stories. So I do super, I do appreciate you coming on and talking with us. Not a problem, man. Anytime you need me, I'm ready to, I'm, I'm ready to talk with any angel fan. I will, I will take you up on that. I'm going to have to have you back on again. And so we can talk a little bit of old school baseball. You're going to have to share some yeah. stories with me because that, that I, you have a great sense of baseball, and I love it. Hey, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you all the stuff that I did to help us win in 2002, my lucky shirts and changing positions on couches and all sorts <laughs> of other things. I do have something for you before I get off, just as a question for you to think about. Yeah. I, I, if we were to, you know, we need to move money around to make to make moves, maybe to get more pitchers. Is there a, maybe an overpriced pitcher on a bad contract we could do a swap with Justin Upton for? I am going to have to think about that because I've been thinking about that one today. And mm. I wanted to, I wanted to kind of I know your mind works kind of like mine a little mm. bit. So I've been looking at spot track to look at contracts and uh I was trying to find a deal that could help two teams. Yeah, I mean the only guy that I could really think of off the top of my head might be David Price. I would I don't even know what his contract looks like or anything like that. That's the first guy that pops into my head, but other than that, I mean Justin Verlander's too good. Zach Greinke's still too good. I mean, I'd have to I'd have to do some research on that. I'll I'll actually I'll probably um you'll I be when people are listening to this they'll probably see it on my Twitter beforehand because I'll, I'll probably at you or something because I'm gonna go and look right now. I'm now I'm, now you got now you got the wheels turning here for me. You got my oh, yeah, wheels turning. I was thinking you know the Cubs talked about how they needed outfielders and then I thought you know I looked at you Darvish's contract but and they want to save money so could we bring somebody else back and throw them a minor leaguer and you know I was. I was sitting here running my business mind, uh, throwing it through a spreadsheet, trying to figure out what I could do. So that could be your question for the week. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I, I'll, I'll definitely, we'll keep the wheels. I'm gonna keep the wheels turning there on that one. Off the top of my head, I'll say that I feel like Colorado is a good fit for him. I don't know why, and I don't know if you know that contract's really hard to move to. It's, it's, yeah. 
it's like the Pujols contract, you know. And I don't think Angels want to get rid of, wanted to get rid of Pujols anyways ever because he is Albert Pujols. But if there is a way to move him, I don't. It's it's super tough. I've been mowing over ideas in my head with Justin Upton and how to maybe try to get rid of that, and it's super hard. But I'll look it up because like like I said, you got the wheels turning for me now. You got those wheels turning for me. Awesome. So. We can always have fun. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Thank you so much, Chad, for coming on. Um, I do appreciate it so much. I'm going to have to have you back on, like I said, so we can talk about all the fun stories in the past that I missed out on, but you got to see. <laughs> Guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Talking Halos. If you had any questions or want to do kind of what Chad did right here, and you know, we can have a conversation, maybe Brock can come on, maybe we can get Derek, all those all that fun stuff. Shoot me a direct message on Twitter. It's Jared underscore Tim's. Chad, where are you on Twitter? I'll, I'll plug you as well. I am at, at uh, C Smithers Jr. So C S M I T H E R S J R. And uh, anytime you want to talk sports, you'll see all of my teams that I follow, and I'm as passionate about my football teams and basketball teams and the as I am about the Angels. So anytime you want to talk sports. Uh, and uh, chop it up a little bit. And I always, one thing, my my thing on social media is let's just keep it positive, man. We've, everybody's got enough going on in the world, so let's let's be positive. Let's have some fun. We can always argue about sports. Yep, I am the exact same way. So, Chad, again, thank you for coming on. And, guys, thank you for listening. Have a great night. <laughs>